listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. And I'm really excited. Since it's Wednesday, it's time for our wonderful Cruz Ann McCalligan to join us for our midweek audio column. Cruz, it's great to speak to you again this week. How are you doing? Hello, I am in um, child home learning hell, like I'm sure many parents in Hong Kong are at the moment. But other than that, I'm great, really. I won't complain. It's a beautiful day outside. It is, but we're stuck indoors. I mean, I shouldn't say stuck indoors. (laughs) We are indoors, enjoying life in a different way. Oh, how's the online uh, learning going? And you've got two kiddies as well. I do, I do. Um, it's it's good. I'm always going to be grateful for any opportunity for my kids to learn something new and feel engaged with and things like that, right? Um, but it's just a lot to juggle for someone who is not a natural teacher. <laughs> so so you're, you're a mum, you're, you're a working mum, you're a mum, and now also a tech guru having to solve any online sort oh of Oh my goodness. Zoom well, I do issues. think the last couple of years of, yeah, like IT. Zoom issues, like it just becomes second nature, doesn't it? And I was like, why am I doing this? I'm going to teach my children. Look, point, press this button when it does this. <laughs> Anyway, that's not even remotely what we're talking about. We're talking about such a random subject, to be honest. Um, uh, We're talking about graffiti, which I feel like I want to say in a fancy word because I am not cool enough to talk about graffiti. It's such a cool topic. What prompted you to, when you sent it over, I was like, oh, that's a fascinating one. I think it was the other day. I think I, I can't remember what it was. I was driving along and I saw some graffiti. And like, we're going to talk a little bit about that definition between like, public like street art and graffiti but it was graffiti it was like an old-fashioned tag do you remember like when we were kids and people had their tag name and they would tag it on things obviously illegally you know like it would be a weird name like it didn't like make any sense it was just like a noise like ikea furniture (laughs) it was like that that people would make up a tag for themselves. And I think it was that. I saw this kind of like really old school looking like graffiti tag. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, it's so funny because we just don't really, we don't, well, I mean, I I go quite, I, you know, travel quite a lot around Hong Kong. And even in like Kowloon and stuff, I'm like, I don't know if I often see like old fashioned graffiti. You know what I mean? So I just started thinking about it a little bit because obviously um, around the world, like lately there's been a lot of news with like Banksy, and do you remember he had the painting that destroyed itself oh, or the picture yeah. that destroyed itself um, and then made more money when it had been destroyed? All those sorts of fascinating things. And I was like, oh, God, this is such an interesting thing. So I thought I'd look into it a little bit more, um, starting with a little bit of the history of graffiti. Um, they've actually found proofs of graffiti in Roman architecture. But of course, um, they say that the word graffiti comes from the Greek word graphian, which means to write. But... Um, it also could come from the Italian word graffito, which means to scratch. Oh. I didn't even think about that, but it's actually like graffiti. It does sound like a very Italian name. Like it you could does. be called Roberto Graffiti, <laughs> right? Like, and I didn't even think about that. But it's so, so it's really interesting. But in Roman architecture, they um, obviously didn't have spray paint or mark pens. Um, so they just carved images out on walls. So it would be like little like, you know, like... Spartacus was here, whatever it was, on a wall, which is really interesting. But the graffiti that we kind of know today, or maybe not today, today, as in like 2021, but probably in the last like 30, 40 years, is, um, was kind of started in Philadelphia um, as a way of making political statements and marking street gang territory. Mm. So it had like quite like, it has this kind of like 
underbelly sort of element to it. And I think like if you ever have you ever stumbled upon someone spraying graffiti? I have, yeah. It's yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's quite an experience. But my, my my instinct is just to cover my nose. This was back in the day when we didn't have COVID, so we didn't have face masks, and I was always worried <laughs> about the fumes. But um, so I admire it from a distance and think, oh, I wonder what they're gonna be painting or spraying. Yeah, but there's the thing. It's like I, I remember like walking down a road when I was at university, and it was dark and it was night, and it was like such a stereotype. It was like that sound of someone with a graffiti can spray can and then like someone in like a black hooded jumper and then they saw me and like ran like it was like well that's what they i would look they? at that's what i would they think of like the definition yeah they ran away well it's illegal and i guess maybe i'm just like i just give off an air of prudeness maybe it's that but um but it is really interesting it has that kind of feeling of like vandalism right and i think there's like there's, there's like a different it's so subjective it's like you could think about it as an art form and other ways you think about it as like it really is vandalism like when you've ever seen someone who's spray painted across someone's front door or like a window or something and you just think oh like yeah, you're just destroying property yeah exactly it's vandalism yeah so it's it's kind of interesting um in the way that we 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 change it and like our definitions of what is graffiti and what is street art and what is self-expression and what is vandalism how it all changes. Um, but as I said, it sort of started the way we know it today, kind of started in the late 60s in Philadelphia. And then you had, in the 1984, the Philadelphia Anti-Graffiti Network was founded to fight the spread of graffiti. So the, the Philadelphia Anti-Graffiti Network was dedicated to the eradication of graffiti vandalism through coordinated efforts of all these different groups, so like community groups and businesses and city agencies. And then they started the Mural Arts Program, which established a partnership with communities throughout Philadelphia to create more than 2,800 murals and provide these kind of artistic opportunities. And I think that's what's super interesting is what they say around the world, there are actually thousands and thousands of um, dedicated, like dedicated street art walls where you can go and do this if you want to, you know what I mean? I guess the thing is it just kind of takes the the fun out of it like Hong Kong has that awesome project which is not graffiti I would say it's more street art with the Hong Kong walls project you know where people do these incredible oh, kind yeah, of spray painted murals, murals which yeah. are amazing and I have to say I love yeah yeah I love coming across them I know like in Aplay Chow near where I live there's like um they kind of have these like sort of spray painted murals like on the shutters for some shops and, and some like restaurants a mural commission it too yeah. and it makes yeah, it quite it, interesting <laughs> It does. It's it's really beautiful, and I really like it. So it's kind of interesting. Um, but that's not what we kind of. That's a slightly different. As I it's a very different thing. Um, in the 1970s, there's a thing called the Style Wars, um, which introduced the co um, the concept of bombing. And so what happens is graffiti artists started to create um, bigger and bigger pieces in an attempt to achieve fame. And then they would often bomb or hit one area, which meant painting as much as they can in an area. And for the sake of time, they often just threw up their tag instead of like a whole piece. So they would just go around doing like, you know, whatever their name was, Rex or whatever it was, and just write Rex, 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 and whatever their little like iconography, typography tag would be. And that would be like bombing something. And I remember this. I remember like when I lived in New Zealand, seeing the same word all around my neighborhood or the same names in different neighborhoods. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's super interesting. Um, but of course, 
a lot of um, a lot of laws surrounding graffiti are like very local. Like you know, you can't do this here because it's this or this is you're breaking these rules. But there's also um, in the US, there's actually a federal law which which is not local. It's across the whole country, which prohibits railroad vandalism. And that's a really interesting thing because I thought that's really big about, in like, the UK. I remember yeah, when I first yeah. went to the UK, I was sort of surprised to see. Um, so much graffiti, sort of, and, and the under, you know, under bridges or under railway stations. It was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, but the thing is, so they've, so they've, the thing is, there was a law which was trying to prevent trespassing on railroad property, and vandalism is mainly because of safety. Because uh, it's not very safe. Yeah, no, it's not very safe. No, <laughs> not okay. very safe to hang out on a railroad at night, <laughs> like when you're trying not to be seen. Do you know what I mean? So that's kind of um, that's kind of a you know one of those things. And like similarly, like if you think about like, for example, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Graffiti. Like when I think about films, the way that they use graffiti to denote like somewhere that's not high end, so uh, an area that's down on its luck, that's lower socioeconomic, that's or like post apocalyptic. You know what I mean? Like that something covered in graffiti suggests a sort of like. Um, you know, doomsday element as well. Like, it's not always a positive thing. Like, Something the way that we sinister, see it in films, right? Like, in the dark yeah, the alleyway. <laughs> exactly. There's a sinister element to it, um, which is not always true. I don't no, think so. I don't think so. People, <laughs> but it's the way that we've been presented with it. You know what I mean? Um, but in the, so in the same way in the, in the, U- um, in the US, so you think about like New York City subways used to be covered in graffiti, but then, um, they took all these trains off the rails that, you know, with graffiti at the end um, because they were trying to, like, again, it was like a security thing. People who really shouldn't be trying to graffiti a train. Um, so it's kind of interesting. They have this thing that there was one of the first, what they would say is one of the first graffiti artists if you look back at the history of graffiti, this was quite cute, I looked this up, was someone who referred to himself as cornbread. <laughs> and it was a love story. So this guy, Cornbread, apparently... Um, a a real person. And, and a that's real just, person. That's just a name that... like, like No, a no, no, no. That was, his, that was his graffiti name. Oh, he wasn't yeah. actually called Cornbread. No, poor no, no. child. But he was... Yeah, and he had, a, um, he had a, a crush on a girl named Cynthia. So he wrote... Cornbread loves Cynthia all over his local area in order to win her affections um, in about 1965. And finding he really enjoyed this, he continued to tag all over. This is in Philadelphia. He tagged all over Philadelphia with his name, including um, a jet plane that belonged to the Jackson 5. <laughs> like, he was quite prolific, um, which was quite interesting. But the thing is, it's not, it's so subjective, right? And if you look at the cost for people, it's, it has a cost. Um, Los Angeles cleans over 30 million square feet of graffiti a year. A year. Whoa. In the city of Los Angeles, 30 million square feet. That's huge areas. And it's estimated in the US that it costs the taxpayer between a dollar and three dollars a year to remove graffiti. So if you think about it, like, that doesn't seem like a lot, but you think about all the things that tax dollars go to, right? That one to three dollars of your tax dollars is going to graffiti removal. It's quite fascinating. Mm. Wow. Um, of course, a, a lot of graffiti artists remain anonymous because they have to protect their identity and their reputation, as well as the fact that, you know, avoiding legal consequences for spray painting things. Um, but you know, a lot of the time, even though they were originally used to make political statements or mark gang territory, 
they can provide some artistic value now and there's a lot of different techniques that people use for them and things like that um of course banksy is probably the most popular graffiti artist known today like i would know who banksy is and i'm not cool (laughs) you know and um, but, you know, he's he's known for his stencil art with political and anti-war themes. Um, and they remain anonymous. Um, and they're based in Bristol in England, but their, world's pop, their work pops up around the world. Although I was reading that they do think they've found out who Banksy is. They think he might be a man called Robin Gunningham. Um, and this is so interesting. They were trying that because finding Banksy's real identity has been like a proper pursuit there was even a university study done in 2016 at queen mary university in london like tracking down banksy's movements like where his artwork was and then looking at where this man robin gunningham had been and seeing if they like corresponded Mm. like people have been really and you know it's been such a big thing um in 2003 um the guardian newspaper interviewed banksy and described him as like caucasian 28 scruffy casual jeans (laughs) t-shirt Um, a silver tooth, a silver chain, and a silver earring. And I'm like, well, that kind of could describe, like, a lot of people (laughs) in that time period, right? So it's kind of interesting. Um, But there was a lot of speculation about what who people thought that Banksy was. They thought he he might be this guy, Robert Del Naha, who was a, like, a member of Massive Attack, the band. They thought he could have been Jamie Hewlett, who was an English comic book artist. And they also, this was a proper speculation um, in 2020, that Banksy was Neil Buchanan, the guy who did Art Attack. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine him with the the silver chain, though. No, but I mean, he could have, yeah, right? Could've. Maybe, yeah, exactly, yeah. just for the purposes, <laughs> purposes of the interview. Oh, it's very funny. Um, but anyway, um, so he's very famous. Now, the world record for the longest graffiti scroll is 7,366 feet and nine inches. And this was naturally done in Dubai in 2014 by over 100 artists. And it contained scenes of history for the United Arab Emirates in celebration for their 43rd United Arab Emirates Union Day. So, like, of course, like, of course, you have, like, the biggest and the longest, the most impressive thing in Dubai, which is quite interesting. Um, there's also different types of... Um, there's the first known example we have of modern style graffiti was actually found in the ancient Greek city of Ephesus. Um, and the graffiti shows a handprint that somewhat resembles a heart along with a footprint and a number. And they think that this was actually an indicator that there was a brothel nearby. So like a, like a signpost, like a graffiti signpost, which is why I guess it keeps coming back to this like underbelly element. It's kind of these shady industries, these sinister industries through history that graffiti has been the secret language between people, which is kind of gold. Um, have you ever seen yarn bombing? I have. I interviewed someone who does yarn bombing in Hong Kong. Uh, do you remember along in Central and Pottinger Street along the stairs? Oh, um, yes. Yeah. So oh, oh, I'm sure her name will come back to me. That's really cool, too. <laughs> yeah, doesn't that take a really long time? <laughs> I'm sure they're really skilled. Probably do it faster than, than, than many of us. I'm Maybe. Not sure. yeah. yeah, I don't know. Oh, just for anyone who doesn't know, yarn bombing is like covering objects, structures or trees with decorative knitted or crocheted material. So you literally like knit something around a lamppost 
um, which is kind of an interesting idea as well. Um, uh, there's some fun terminology for graffiti Esther, that I've just found out. that's it. Sorry, her name just came back to me. <laughs> yes, a very famous Esther. Jan Bomber in Hong Kong. Very, very cool. She, and she creates really cool sort of nice blankets, if you like, nice walls um, on boring mm. um, uh, st- uh, stair banisters, you know, along in Central or whatever. Delightful. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, I was, have you ever seen, um, you know, do you ever see graffiti in a spot and you think, how did someone possibly get there? Like, that's <laughs> a strange place. Like, how did you possibly get there to graffiti it, right? There's a couple of buildings in Causeway Bay as you go over the flyover. Um, I, I think that often as well. Um, but that's called a heaven spot. That's a piece of graffiti done in an, an area that's really hard to reach. It's called a heaven spot, which is mm. super fascinating. But it's often because it's super dangerous and the artist could die and go to heaven if they were trying to actually reach that spot. So it's probably not a good oh. thing to do. Um, also, they say that graffiti writers have what's called a black book, which is a sketchbook where they draw and plan out prospective graffiti artwork. And they use their black books to fine tune their style and retain any ideas that they may potentially have in the future, which is why that you would hate someone to find it because it can link you to any acts of vandalism and stuff like that. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind like of evidence it's kind of, um, and you can't really, you know, have it lying around. Yeah, um, I do. Um, I do. I do have another um, fascinating fact. People who are new to graffiti, so like just just t- like dipping their toes into it, are known as toys. And those with more experience and respect among others are called kings or queens. <laughs> There's a whole hierarchy and a whole language. It's just super interesting. Um, anyway, I have a few different um, I have a few different quotes to finish on today. Yes, please. Um, uh, two are from Banksy. The first Banksy quote says. People say graffiti is ugly, irresponsible, and childish, but that's only if it's done properly. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really good. Um, And he also said graffiti is one of the few few tools you have if you have almost nothing. And even if you don't come up with a picture to cure world poverty, you can make someone smile while they're having a wee. change the language he's used which is quite funny (laughs) and there's also a graffiti duo called mint and surf in the u.s and um they have a definition for graffiti they say if it takes more than five minutes it's not graffiti which is super interesting it has to be like fast and done yeah yeah pretty interesting would you be tempted cruz to ever try you know um you know say somebody commissioned something and wanted something would you be you know confident to use spray paints uh, no i don't think i would be i wish i was i mean like obviously legally on a designated area but i i don't know if i could really i think it's a real you have to have a lot of confidence you have to do it fast and you have to be you know you have to know what you're doing. I think there's a lot of technique to like creating graffiti art, isn't there? I think so too. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I'd be able to r- r- really give it a go. I don't think I've got the steady hands. Probably just look like a massive blob of something. I'm not sure. Oh, funny. Yeah. Well, Cruz, thank you so much for for joining us this afternoon. I look forward to uh, more chats with you. I I, I know you've got to go now uh, to sort out uh, online classes and whatnot. So (laughs) I look forward to having you back on next week. Thank you so much for your time. And that's Cruz McCallaghan talking about graffiti. Thank you so much.